Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Here's this week's message. This morning we're looking at John chapter 1, verses 43 to 51. That's John chapter 1, verses 43 to 51. It's about Philip and Nathanael. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The word of God for us this morning. God keeps on knocking, doesn't he? In a time when unemployment is high and its burdens experienced by many, matters of job and career receive more attention than usual. Indeed, even when the economy is less troubled, we are people preoccupied with matters of career and job. And we think we know what these mean. A job involves paid employment. Or, by extension, a job can be any significant responsibility we take on. A career is what happens as a person undertakes a series of jobs over time. Career carries with it a sense of increasing experience and often greater responsibility and reward. But to those two realities, a third must be joined to fill out the picture. We can have a job, or even a career, or we may not have them, but we always have the third reality, which is a calling. A calling links what we do to a larger community, wherein we contribute to the common good. A calling links the person to the public world. Another way to look at it is that someone would still follow a calling even if he or she has no need for the money or position that accompanies it. People follow a calling because they believe it is right for them to do so. The work may be hard and not particularly successful, but they find it rich with meaning and significance. The notion of a calling is an effort to make real the reign of God in the realm of work. 
That realization involves the recognition that we all need each other and that our real reward is our sense of contribution to the common good. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. A calling is there when you don't have a job. A calling is there when you've never had a career. A calling is there when you've never had paid employment or after you've retired from the world of work. A calling is there even when it seems less a career or a job than the picking up of a particular cross. It is a calling because someone calls you and keeps calling you so that the phone in your heart rings incessantly. It is God who calls us, calls each one of us by name. The one who sustains us in existence also summons us. That in concert with the rest of creation, we may enter into fuller and more authentic life. Now that's all well and good, but for many people the notion of calling is completely off the screen. Their work experience has been unhappy, and though they make a living, it drains them of their life. Or if they have known success and satisfaction, still they lack the language to speak of themselves as called to what they do. I would assert, however, that God keeps knocking on their door, asking them to do what they do as somehow partners with him in rehabbing creation so that it more closely resembles the divine intention. See, there's something about a calling that almost guarantees we will find it hard to recognize. God is mysterious for sure. The divine voice speaks with power, but often softly. We must entertain possibilities and be open to surprises. Consider what happens to Samuel. He's a boy who lives and works in the temple during a period when the religion of Israel has basically run out of gas. One night, God calls to Samuel, speaks to him by name. He thinks it's just the old priest Eli. And Eli, for his part, thinks it's just a kid uh, having some bad dreams. But finally, the priest, Eli, wakes up to the realization that God, who hasn't spoken much to his people lately, is speaking to this particular boy. And Eli still has enough faith to tell Samuel to listen and obey when the voice speaks again. Samuel heeds the voice and grows up to become a pivotal figure in the tumultuous history of Israel. But today's scripture is not about Samuel and Eli. But let's, it's about Philip and Nathaniel. So let's consider Nathaniel. One day Philip shows up, waving his arms and exclaiming that he's just met the, the long, one long promised in the, the law and the prophets. Nathaniel's answer is, can anything good come out of Nazareth? When the Messiah arrives, certainly he won't appear in the crossroads too small to have its own McDonald's. 
or in our case, sheets. But his own encounter with Jesus spins Nathaniel around fast and pushes him right in the right direction. He had felt God present one time. He had, he had felt God present one time while sitting under a fig tree. He had told no one about it. Yet Jesus mentions the incident right away. So Nathanael becomes a disciple. Jesus invites him to follow, and that's what he does. Nathanael is surprised. So is Samuel. Not without difficulty, they recognize their callings. One's a kid, and the other's kind of eh, got a chip on his shoulder about Nazareth. And probably other things. But the reason for this is that God has better things in mind for us than we can possibly ask for or even imagine. Better things than our society says to us. Better things than our family says to us. Better things than we say even to ourselves. Notice I didn't say things more profitable, things more glamorous, things more respectable. I said better things. There exists that place where our deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. God wants to lead us there and so calls each of us by names. Maybe you know people who are aware of that place. Maybe you're even such a person yourself. The job may not pay well. And the career is nothing to write home about. But God keeps returning you there where you do something significant to meet the world's hunger and experience a gladness deeper than you think you deserve. You realize you're not just earning a paycheck or developing a resume, you're answering a call. It does not shrink you, but stretches you instead. The path may be littered with surprises. Albert Schweitzer was a theologian and scripture scholar whose work was bold and innovative. He was an organist of exceptional ability whose recitals drew enthusiastic audiences. And you'd think somebody of this sort would figure he had found his calling. And that would be that. But Schweitzer didn't stop listening. And God didn't stop calling. And the surprises kept coming. In his late 30s, he abandoned his promising academic career and headed off to Africa to serve as a medical missionary. He went to a place where there was uh, no great university where he could teach, no great organs for him to play, but plenty of sick people for him to help. Later, his hospital was destroyed, but that did not end his commitment to Africa. He recognized his call to build it a second time. Deep hunger and deep gladness met repeatedly through the decades of his life. And we can now look at how others were called and learn from their example. We can profit from the stories of Samuel and Nathaniel and Albert Schweitzer. 
We can be inspired by the stories of those who led our nation to greater freedom and justice. George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Rosa Parks. We do well to take courage from how they responded to God's voice speaking to each of them. Finally, though, we must hear and heed our own call. Each of us can listen intently, for God speaks to us, perhaps through a still, small voice, perhaps through the turmoil of daily events. To hear our call is always an instance of grace. Have you heard God's call for your life? Are you even listening for his call? Think about that and listen for God's call in your life this week. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you created each one of us and know us by name. We thank you that you have a plan and a call for our lives. Help us to listen for that call and carry out your will for our lives each and every day. Amen.